Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, William, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Tom. A lot has happened uh, in the last few weeks. Spoiler alert, our previous episode is actually recorded a few weeks before uh, it debuted. Um, so we missed a lot of big, big news that's been happening over the last a month and a half or so. Uh, so we're going to dive into all of this. We've got, of course, the big uh, upset coming from the set of the Han Solo standalone film. We've got Disney's D23 conference. We've got San Diego Comic-Con news and much, much more. Um, Steven is unfortunately not here to join us. He's he's on a special trip enjoying the Corfilian Comets. Uh, but we're joined today by a good friend of the show, Riley Blanton, who is actually at D23. Really, Riley, how's Woo-hoo! it going? Hello. Hello, hello! I was at the D23 Expo. We talk all about it. Yes, yes. So with that, we don't really have any announcements necessarily, except to say that um, the uh, Battlefront Inferno Squadron releases this week as you're listening to this, so stay tuned for our review. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know what? Let's. I know, Riley, you're, 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 you're short on it. time uh, yeah. today, so we're going to dive into D23, and then, then we'll jump out and discuss all the other stuff that's been going on, because there is a lot. A Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but can, can glad I... to have you on the show again, Riley. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, and, and, and you flew out to D23. This is your first time? I did. My, my first uh, D23. Um, I, you know, I wanted to go to the West Coast for a long time. I've, I, the last time I was there was for celebrations six, was it? Mm-hmm. Celebration well, Anaheim. It was Anaheim. No. Yeah, yeah Anaheim. celebration Makes Anaheim. Sense. Yep. Located in oddly enough, Anaheim. Um, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's so hard to remember these days, guys. Uh, and so I'd been wanting to go back out. I've got some friends out uh, on the West Coast that I wanted to see, and I wanted it, but but it's so expensive. The flights are, you know, I, li- I'm, I live in Atlanta, guys, so like it's not a super convenient trip it's like a five-hour flight but i knew i wanted to go out to the west coast and this so this is something that i put on the calendar at the beginning of the year like i sit down it's almost like i'm planning the podcast i i I sit down with a planner every january i do my goal setting i'm getting ready for the new year and then i write down all the conventions i want to go to and d23 was right at the top of that list and so there i found myself just as we're recording this last weekend that's true so I got to ask you, what was your experience compared to Celebration and D23? Oh, I got in touch with the ground. I got okay. so in touch. I, I was just like, I'm one with the concrete floor, and the concrete floor is one with me. Uh, no, so here's the, here's the super quick summary to give you guys some context as we talk about the actual details of what, uh, what was announced. I flew out um, Thursday evening. Made a whole trip out of it. Went and saw the L.A. Philharmonic and Gustavo Dudamel, which Star Wars Connection he conducted uh, John Williams uh, with, for John Williams on the Force Awakens score. Um, but I saw him conduct the L.A. Philharmonic. Visited Hollywood. Hung out there Friday. Had some great meetings in Hollywood with some some media types. And like I was, ma- I was you know I was hustling, making the most of my trip. I saw the Magic Castle, and then uh, went down to J.C. Reifenberg's pop up cantina. 
amazing as this this fan Star Wars themed uh, cantina. It's like walking straight into Mos Eisley. I feel like some guy's going to yell, hey, we don't serve their kind here. Before and then R2-D2 and C-3P are like walking out going, well, bummer, <laughs> we can't even get in. <laughs> exactly. Like, Aw. <laughs> um, but I went there. But I'll tell you what I did. So that was Friday night. Of course, D23 was already kicked off. They had like a press night Thursday, Friday. There was stuff happening. So I was like following it on Twitter. But Friday night, I was hanging out. I was having – I've seen some, some of the 501st guys hanging out with magician and, and podcaster extraordinary Andrew Maine. We had a great time. Um, and then uh, I got I got on the uh, the old train – and uh, I took the last train to Clarksville, no, to Anaheim, and I went down. I got, I didn't get to Anaheim until about midnight Friday, and I went Ouch. straight into line, hopped Ouch. straight into line. And now here's the thing: when when you get in line for D23, you pick the line. Do you want the line that goes onto the show floor, or do you want the line that goes into the uh, parks panel, or do you want the line that goes uh, in for? the future films panel and of course I, the star wars stuff's at the future films panel so i plop my butt there shout out to star wars underworld those guys saved me a spot they're great uh and i proceeded to uh sleep about according to my fitbit uh an hour and 23 minutes that oh. night oh. On, the, on the concrete so you basically uh, pulled a celebration well that's the thing i'm so spoiled i haven't waited overnight at celebration <laughs> Since Celebration Five, <laughs> what happens? You go to D twenty three. You don't get the you don't get the perks. No, you get at Celebration, old, Riley. Let me tell you, wow. there's no there's no kind of Star Wars report VIP treatment at D twenty three. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, um, okay. There's so like yeah no I was on the cold. Listen guys, there's no pretty way of putting this. It's like a refugee camp. It's a Disney refugee camp oh. of everyone sprawled out on the concrete. Except that this refugee camp had a lot of those inflatable like banana lounges. Did Ryan Johnson come? by and, uh, no, and, and no, say hi no. to everybody like you did at Celebration? No, no. And in fact, like, wow. most, listen, Star Wars fans, we're, we're putting our place. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a bit, it's mostly a Disney crowd. Listen, there probably is just as many people, it's, it's sad to say, I'm sure on a podcast like this, but it's probably just as many people there excited for the new Mary Poppins as they are excited for the next Star Wars. <sighs> I know. that That's the sound yeah. of pain, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so so what was your what did you get out of the live action panel? Yeah, so that was or, the thing. We went straight in. Um, we did. I did get. We got great seats. Uh, and they they did a ton of Disney stuff. But of course, the main thing I care about is Star Wars and Avengers. Avengers was awesome. Um, but uh, but it was really mostly the Star Wars. They showed the uh, they showed a, a bunch of new kind of behind the scenes photos. They brought the cast out. The sad thing is that it was like. Let me tell you guys. Let me just set the scene for you, and I'll tell you okay. basically how this goes down. You're sitting there. They've been going through the upcoming um, new live-action versions of the old animated films, so they showed off, like, uh, there's uh, Dumbo, and there's a few other things that they're working on. And then it's like the screen fades out. And like, oh, mm-hmm. one more. And like, we got one more thing. And then just, like, uh, in – I mean, there's this, there's this kind of weird pregnant pause – and it's hard to describe in some ways because there there are pregnant pauses, and then there are then there are pregnant pauses, and in this case there was just it was like an hour thing. It was an hour into the panel. Everyone's like, "Come on, talk about the Star Wars and Marvel. We've heard enough about Dumbo." And the screen fades down. And what you guys think I'm about to say is, then we got Star Wars. No, the screen fades <laughs> to black, easy. and Disney fans. Uh, across across the room, four thousand of us heard 
That's what we Lion King. Yeah, Lion King. Lion King. Okay. Sorry, I, I realized I had the fader down to keep down the echo, so you guys didn't hear the full effect of the. <laughs> ma- so great, yeah. But uh, I, that's what we, we got it. We got it. But like, here's the uh, the place went nuts. It's like Disney royalty. This they showed the whole clip of the opening of the movie. It was John, you know, John Favreau walks on stage. Everybody goes crazy, and then Ryan Johnson has to walk on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they so showed like, a really. Uh-huh. It, it, it's just hard to follow. It had about ten minutes. They showed some stuff, but it was just—it was—it was just a part of the machine, man. It was part of the mouse machine. It wasn't a big deal, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Star Wars, right? It, it, we yeah. love it. It's huge, but it's one piece of the larger Disney company and brand. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm you know I'm not surprised that as a added we have Star Wars conventions for Star Wars stuff. Yeah. This is no, a Disney convention yep. where you're gonna have you're gonna have some great Star Wars announcements, and boy, did we get some good news! And we, I want to jump into that too. Um, there was some yeah. really awesome stuff, but it was more with, of a Disney focus, with Listen, the exception of the behind the scenes video. I think it was more yeah, of a Disney. We got focus the behind the scenes video. That was Star the big, Wars. The behind the scenes video was the big deal, but like the most exciting thing that's in that video is the Porg, right? That must be on. that's and like the, the Crystal Wolf thing yeah, i don't know there's, there's some crazy cool creatures in that i mean yeah we there's got cool the... creatures and there's a gif of them were dancing and it's cool cool let's talk about the parks because okay, that's the big okay. deal that's, that's the what big i want deal. to know about let i i i want to live in that quote-unquote hotel that's coming oh my gosh okay so star wars galaxy's Edge. that's the official name for star wars land okay yes right and we, as we all know, opens 2019. They had a big model on display, and I, I saw you got to you got to um, chat with Doug Chang as well. Obviously, who helped design well, the park and many other. Things I mean, it was Wars. more of a hi, Doug Chang. You're really cool. I love the artwork. It wasn't really like a professional <laughs> interview. You sound like I had like I, I had an exclusive Star Wars Report interview with Doug Chang. No, I like you never know. And almost you bumped into know. him. Uh, it was close enough. Close, close enough. But, yeah, close enough. The, but the but the park and I think more importantly for me at least the hotel yeah the, the hotel. hotel okay the premium experience wow the, um, this thing looks amazing the West World of Star Wars if I dare say so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so 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 what do we know so far right because I mean the Galaxy's Edge thing I think was was is really cool um, yeah there didn't seem to be a lot that was let's start new off with that because yeah because. First off, I want to put a shout out to the person who sent us the photos from D23, who actually got in there and took all those photos. Mm-hmm. That yeah, model must have been really cool because those photos were just outstanding. So, Riley, what did you think of that model since you were there? Well, the first thing you want to check out is StarWarsReport.com. You can see a full summary of photos and videos. I take no, actually, in all seriousness, no, by the way, that's fine. I never, I never blog, but I was like there to blog. I, I, I there are like four or five blog posts right now in the Star Wars Report where I, know, I chronicle I the, the different stuff. I know I was, I was hustling, man. Listen, you got to do something while you're sitting there on the concrete. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so basically, I walk straight out of the live action panel and then. Where they exit the crowd is on the main floor, right across from what what they have, Galaxy of Stories, which is this big Star Wars uh, exhibit that they show off, which is, of course, the centerpiece, is that scale model of Galaxy's Edge. There's someone someone was like, we need it to be like the outer reaches, the outer mm-hmm. rim of Star Wars, mm-hmm. perhaps the, the edge of the galaxy, if you will, somewhere mm-hmm. in a pitch meeting. Um but you walk straight there, and so the, I, I hopped right like in line. Stars end, you know, galaxies end, yes. stars end, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, so you you hop in line, um, 
And uh, it's like it took me 20 minutes. The line was like moving through pretty well. I was surprised, wow. especially for a Saturday, um, because it was the kind of thing where people would kind of – it was a pretty steady flow. So people were exiting – it wasn't a huge exhibit, so it didn't take too long to let people out. And mm-hmm. so unless you're like a giant nerd like me and you're taking out your DSLR camera and you're taking the pictures and you're doing this and then you're like, you know, pseudo interviewing the Imagineers because they had Imagineers on hand that you could talk to and they tell you all about it. And like I was making all these mental notes like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's cool. That's cool. But the model's the centerpiece. The model, you guys mm-hmm. have all, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this have all seen the amazing pictures. Uh, I, I have a full album at the Star Wars Report Facebook page. All right, I'll stop. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, awesome. Why... It's amazing. 14 acres, $1 billion a pop for Jeez. Anaheim and Orlando. Wow. It is the biggest parks expansion ever attempted by Disney. And uh, it is it is a it is a thing of beauty. And here's the big takeaway. Here's what you guys need to know. Okay. It's Hit not it. it's not a buffet of our favorite Star Wars um scenes, you know, sold as theme park experiences. This is not that. It is not mm-hmm. uh, go experience the Battle of Hoth and then go off to Tatooine and then hop in a pod racer. No. This is a whole immersive um, narrative world that you step into. This is as close as anything has ever been into walking into a movie. That's what the experience here is designed that. for. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. They only have two major attractions. The 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 it's not about the number of attractions there. Uh-huh. It's about being able to go pilot the Millennium Falcon and then what you do and this is according to the Imagineers there. What you do in that mission with your friends is encoded on your ticket. And so as you go through the park, the choices you make on that mission, if you're successful, you might get some galactic credits. But if you fail and crash the Millennium Falcon, maybe there's a bounty on your head, right? So like these sorts of um these sorts of immersive it's mm-hmm. it's it's the the best thing we we talked about it on this week's podcast uh, at the Star Wars Report. I, I just talked to Justin Robert Young. He's a he's an amazing podcaster, and he he brought up this great illustration of what some of these immersive theaters that have been popping up in in, in a lot of cities, where you have these plays that you kind of experience in person, and you kind of get to participate mm-hmm. in the story, and that's the potential we have here. Now, the parks is going to be hard with just the number of people to make that a fully the vision is 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 grand. That, that's right. The execution of the mission. It, I think they tell. might be able to pull it off. I mean, I was I was talking with, and I I don't know. Uh, I apologize. I don't know the full details. I'm not an expert on this, but uh, I was talking with a, a coworker of mine. He's a big Disney parks guy. Uh, he knows a lot about the parks, and he was saying yeah. that you know they have RFID chips, the RFID tags now. They they give all the yeah all the, the magic bands the park mm-hmm. right yeah the magic that's bands in Florida and um and. I, I don't. This is the part. I, my my memory is a little. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there's um there's some sort of. I think it's an event or maybe part of the park where they use the magic bands to tell if you are on one side or the other, and then the cast members will react to you based on your RFID tag. Yep. Uh, so as you approach, they'll be like, "Oh, he's a bad guy." Like, uh, let's just imagine, for example, like we're in Star Wars Lane, right? Mm-hmm. And you have an RFID chip, and, and it could say that you successfully piled the Falcon, or it could be like you're a rebel or you're an Imperial. And then if you're a rebel, all the Imperials will be chasing after you, and the rebels will be trying to help you. And they can tailor yeah. the park experience um, based on your RFID chip, so they, they you know they can kind of tell from a distance. Oh, hey, look, a rebel's coming up. Let's go help him out or something. Mm-hmm. And so they can really create this more immersive experience. And what it sounds like is they're taking Star Wars Land and the next peach we're going to talk about in a moment, and just like taking it to the you know nth degree. Uh, exactly, they're, they're dialing up to eleven. 
And that's, and I think the next moment you're talking about is, and I think it's because of the Florida part of it, they're looking at putting that hotel. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a, it's an immersive hotel to where once you walk in there, you will not have windows. You will have supposedly HD screens to where you will see space. So you will get the feeling like you're, I, I kind of think of this as like Disney has the cruise lines. This is almost like a cruise line on land because you're on that ship where it seems like Everything, everything seems like it's all paid for. Once you pay that money, yeah. totally yeah. immersive experience. You get a costume, you get a storyline, you are in the ship going somewhere that it's going to, it, did they say it's going to back up to Galaxy's Edge or is there going to be like so a I shuttle that will take you one the All right. Here's the, there's been no official word that, yeah. so yeah. And, and the key, important thing to clarify here, it is a narrative experience as a story. You go there to experience a story at the hotel. Uh-huh. It unfolds as you keep your stay. So everything that happens is as if you're on a ship in the actual world of Star Wars. Uh, right. That's important to remember because they didn't. No one is. There's been no official word as to whether or not that story is connected to what then happens at the park. I would. The be unofficial though. word I've heard on multiple fairly reliable. Like third and fourth hand accounts that I've heard is it's 100% tied to what happens Mm -hmm. in the park. Uh, Absolutely. And have you guys ever been – have you ever been to an escape room by any chance? No. Yes. No, I haven't. so it's this kind of new trendy thing. All the kids are doing it these days, Tom. Uh, Well, you know what? (laughs) I'm an old fart. It's kind of hard for me to become a new kid. Oh, yeah. No, but but, um, the – the it, it it's a sort of a miniature version because these escape rooms are usually themed around a, a a story and it's like a mini one hour like figure out how to stop the zombie virus here how to uh, you're in the middle of a bank heist how do you escape mm. you're in the middle of, and so they, they have these like this, these stages which are these rooms that you escape from and they have all these clues in this interactive way to do it that's sort of like the poor man's version of what I think this hotel will be uh huh. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Uh, so, so supposedly the, 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 they don't know exactly where the hotel is going to be yet. They haven't announced. But one of the potential, all the potential places from what I've heard, the most likely spots of this hotel are actually fairly small. So uh, they won't be as big as some of, as some of the other Disney uh, hotels mm. uh, in the area. That's because your two-night um, stay package is going to cost a mere $1,000. Yeah. That's yeah, the minimum. I, that, that, that? That's the rumor again. Right? The rumor. We don't know rumor how price. much it's going to cost, but right. my my theory here is that this is going to be a highly tailored story. This is not going to be a hotel where you go check in and then you go to you know uh, Sea World and you go to Disney World and you do all the other parks while you're there, or you go stay at the hotel there while you're on business. This is my guess is going to be like a completely immersive. You sign up and it's going to be like a cruise ship, like like you were saying, yeah. Tom. Right? You that's get on, you go like. into the hotel, you don't leave. You go into the Star Wars park. Of, you can check maybe out from any there time you, can get you like, but you can but yeah, never, but I think leave. never leave. But I, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's like this two to three day experience where you go in, you sign up, and you say, I'm going to do this two to three day experience. Yeah. After that, you can transfer to another hotel and you can enjoy the rest of the area. But this is a Star Wars experience. And if I had to guess, you probably like, you get there and maybe you even, this is just me like imagining now, maybe you even like, they even give you your clothes before you even enter the hotel. And there's like this initial changing room. Mm-hmm. And when you walk into the hotel, there's no one in t-shirts and jeans, right? Yeah. Or your I, shorts. Everyone is, every attendee, every cast member, every person mm. is in their clothes, right? We're all I mean, in their I, Jedi robes right. or whatever it happens yeah, to Yeah, it's, it's now that you bring it up, I can right? see this hotel to where you won't see like a quote unquote Disney World t-shirt. No, I, I would see no, it just I, literally I all tailored. I think you're everyone's in costume, and you yeah, are 100% immersed. 
And, yeah. it, and, and from the sound of it, this has to be a small experience. They can't do this on like, let's say, uh, you know, a thousand guest thing. It has to be a small tailored thing. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I mean, I'm limited time. You don't go stay there for a week. You stay there yeah, you for like can't. two to three days and you're out. And that lets them get through people as well. Yeah. Because yeah, everything I'm hearing on the narrative experience that it's a two day thing. That's from everything really? I've heard. Okay, Again, unofficially, okay. all unofficial. But that makes sense, kind of right? Because how, how do you create a narrative that is so well, in depth and right, like right. so Let's, personalized for everyone by being, it's basically like creating the older public, but for the real life where you want it, different stories, but you want it to be this, like they have to be the same for each person, but they have to be unique enough and yeah. personalized. Mm-hmm. So let's be honest. We're all going to this, right? Like we're oh, all, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, can oh, we yeah. make a, like it's, we're doing like a giant podcasting, like awesome. Like when we all used to, when they did them, uh, I'd loved every, all of my star Wars friends, a lot of the celebration crew, we'd all just go down on, we'd pick one of the star Wars weekends and everybody'd go yeah. down. Oh no, we're, we're all going, we're checking oh, no, at we're the same go. time. We're going to have our yeah. experience together here, uh, at the, at the star Wars hotel, whenever it opens, we don't even know yeah. when it opens. No, I mean right. it'll open. I, I'm sure it'll open probably the same time day as the and parks. date. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but you oh, see, I think I, we're gonna have a problem podcasting there because if we're <laughs> on this ship, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah there, there's no way we're podcasting inside. No, like they, they might even say like, I, I don't know if they'd go this far as to say like, you know, turning your phones before you go in here or something. But like, I mean, listen, it'll be like, almost. It might be almost that immersive. Like, you go in, you are like. You're in this, and you go, and you, there's probably like an underground or above ground tunnel you you can't see out that takes you from the hotel to the park. And I could even imagine, like, imagine it's such like a, it's a very short tram, but you get on it, and it makes you feel like you're landing from the spaceship. You're going down mm-hmm. to the planet, into the spaceport, right? Yeah. And you're actually just traveled like I don't know, fifty feet across the street. Okay, right? now wait a minute. Here's... But what you're actually doing is like it feels like you're having this massive journey down to the planet. Like I could imagine well, having this entire experience. One additional one additional aspect of what would make this kind of premium experience worth paying for is if this is treated as a Disney resort, there are a lot of events where They'll open up the parks earlier for yeah. um, resort members. Uh, I'm, I, Tom, I'm sure you're probably more familiar with this than I am, but I, they, Being they'll a open Southern California area. I've heard something about that, where they open up like maybe an hour early or something. Yep, yeah. yep. So, and I could totally see that making it especially worth it if you're avoiding the the awful crowds yeah. that I'm sure will be there. This in is the beginning. this is what I could this is what I could figure. Universal has that train in Florida. I think that goes from one of the Harry Potter. One, I can't speak tonight. One of the Harry Potter parks to mm. the other one is it Diagon Alley or whatever? I could yeah. see this being if if it's if the hotel is not close enough, I could see them doing some kind of like let's say a a specific monorail thing mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. in it. Okay, Elon Musk is doing the uh, the Hyperloop. Hyperloop. Yes. I could see it now. Please. Here you I go. Hyperloop it. Hyperloop it from the hotel to Galaxy's Edge. Done, right. but I don't and think you see outside. I don't think you see outside, and I think no. you feel like you're in a ship landing on a planet. You're, you're right? in a shuttle transport being taken to Galaxy's Edge. Because yes. is it, if this is is if this is actually as immersive as they as they claim it's going to be and as personalized, like this, like you said, Riley, it's kind of like the Westworld of um of Star Wars. Effectively, it's yeah, it's 100 percent immersive, and you feel like you're in there. And maybe the only time where you kind of takes you out well, is when you go into the park and you see the other attendees who were not paying for this experience true maybe maybe in the yeah. park with you but Can they I, might be able to get away around that i don't know so uh, I, I have some additional thoughts because all this okay. is amazing all this is amazing but i mean let's pause to just consider for a second that um 
literally entertainment, period. You're, the idea of what entertainment is versus experience versus something social versus uh, attending a theme park. Like it's just – it's never going to be the same. This is totally changed. Anytime mm-hmm. – like my um, – I have some nieces and nephews that are like uh, – one's eight, the other is four, uh, newborn. And I was just thinking like when they go to Disney or when they even go like as – when inevitably like Universal ups their game and they do even more stuff at, you know, the Harry Potter world. And when we get – you know, inevitably when there's a Middle Earth theme park where you can go, it's – this is – this is – I'm even at a loss for words. I can't describe how just radical this idea is because, listen, I don't I – like, I, like, I like video games okay, but I'm not a big gamer. This is mm. the kind of thing that I would live for, almost in like a scary mm-hmm. Ready Player One sense. Like this would mm-hmm. be the kind of – if mm-hmm. this executes as well as I think it will, uh, this is something that I would live for to do with my friends. It would be so much better than ever watching a Star Wars movie. It would be being yeah. in one with your friends. Yeah. And it's the first of its kind. Like nobody's ever attempted this level of immersion before. You know, I'll actually on this, I'm on give, this scale. I mean, take a look uh, at the big yeah. scale this exactly. is. Exactly. I'll give credit to the I think the seeds were planted by Universal with what they did with Harry Potter and Diagon Alley. But mm. uh but this certainly nothing on the scale. Uh but like the, like giving you cl- like giving you your own clothes, like you know, I like yeah, it's just I I can just see like blocking out all the windows. I can just see how much they're uh, yeah, yeah. How, how they're taking this to the you know the uh, next level. It's yeah, so like awesome. this I cannot is, wait. Mm, I, I don't know how expensive for me, it's going to be, but I cannot wait. It cannot. It cannot come soon enough. I mean, this this is where it's like, can I get a job there? <laughs> just just let me let me. You know what? I'll just I'll just be like an old clone trooper, just sitting even, off to the side. Even like working it would be fun. Like becoming a cast be a member blast. there. Yeah. Be, yeah. Mm. I, mm. I would I would have a total blast with. I, I doubt they let me bring my custom lightsaber with me though, because it's not you know from a Disney sponsored company. Probably but I would give try. you a custom light. No, obviously you can't have a real lightsaber. But no, you, you know well, like <laughs> the lightsaber but, hilt. Um, I, I but yeah, I can just I can just I can just imagine them like going all, all saber forge with this thing. Mm. Mm. And that's why I'm so I'm so so excited. awesome. So listen, like what I'm saying is the behind the scenes reel was all right, but nothing compared to everything <laughs> we just talked about. <laughs> but, oh man! But it seemed like it seemed like just just being in there, really. I mean, just what what was the crowd reaction to it? I mean, that's what I wanted to know. What was yeah. the crowd reaction to them when when this came up? I mean, I don't like I don't like saying it. Like the behind the scenes reel. Um, no, I mean being at well, the parks cause, resort because you this. didn't go to the parks panel. Yeah, because I wasn't right? actually oh. at the parks panel. Oh, I was I'm, only at I'm the sorry. exhibit. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I'm sorry. I thought you made it to both. That's yeah, my no, no. Bad. I only totally sorry. I, I only froze my butt off just for the one page. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, no. But I, I wasn't there. I was following along a, a little bit okay. as we went. Um, and 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 Teresa and I, Teresa Delgado from Star Wars Bookworms and I were texting. I was like, "Hey, tell me what's happening here." Uh, <laughs> okay, she was of course keeping up with it all. But yeah, well, but I will tell you this: as far as like overall um, uh, D twenty three. If 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 you're going just for Star Wars, like pick a day. But if you're like me and you're kind of ever getting sucked in into the the maw of that pure Disney magic, uh, <laughs> the Kraken like monster of of Disney uh, magical happiness, then uh, then it's the kind of thing that you would be pretty into because like they've got the stuff that they showed off. I know this isn't the podcast, but the stuff they showed off for Lion King, for the Mary Poppins, for like the uh, Wrinkle in Time. There's like 
and then of course, like I could literally sit here for half an hour and talk about the Infinity War stuff they showed off. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely nuts. So like as a as an event overall, uh uh two big thumbs up. I'm I'm glad I went, but there's a reason it's not Star Wars Celebration. Star Wars Celebration we, that we got our cool stuff there. Um mm-hmm. for sure. Um mm-hmm. and also like guess what? Guess when the next one's probably going to be at the opening of these parks. I yep. bet you anything. Oh, uh, right. Well, well, you've got to. It's 2019, so if it's already in the same year, you just well, got to we'll put it this way. If, if haven't haven't they done these like every two years? Yep. Mm-hmm. So it almost it has to be. Could make sense. Yeah. Could make sense. It makes perfect well, sense. And to tie us over, we do have one more sort of thing. It's not quite the same as a full immersion hotel, but. Uh, at D23, they also announced the uh, the new Star Wars VR headset in partnership with Lenovo. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Where you can basically stick that your phone in this headset, right? And then you get this lightsaber peripheral, and you can play hollow chess and I to- uh, William. Like do lightsaber fights. Oh, you can battle that. stormtroopers and walkers. I I, the announcement. I'm going to totally uh, admit my guilt. I didn't. I I didn't see it, but I got an email, a press release from them for the Star Wars report when I got back from D twenty three. I'm like, guys, I was there, uh, but I emailed them back. And I, <laughs> well, that's the hard I, part when you're on the site. You, you it's so hard to see. Oh yeah, things. no, but I def- definitely shamelessly asked them for a review unit, uh, <laughs> and they nice. actually said they they said they might actually send me one. So nice. who knows? Oh, well, nice. what's interesting is that like they're partnering with Lenovo, which is not in the VR space yet. So Lenovo is trying to jump into this. Yeah, um, you would think that and, like the Vive or uh, you know, Samsung well, Gear would have that corner. I wonder if it's a combination of price and well, how much setup that Vive and um, and a lot of the you know the Oculus Rift and a lot of the other mm-hmm. things have. Like you have to have these mm-hmm. giant things like um, the sensors placed all around your room. You have these giant cables. And you need a high end PC. This just requires your phone. Uh, more like uh, you know, some of what like it's like know, the Google gear. and Apple are looking at, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Samsung. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but and this will help keep the price down, maybe more in the. I think some analysts are predicting two hundred dollar range. Oh wow! Uh, but it could be as wow. expensive as five hundred, right? Yeah, uh, two hundred. Really that yeah, we know. need competitive pricing on on this stuff. Yeah. Like seriously, um, yeah, no, awesome, guys. I gotta, I got an early work shift, so I got a roll here in a second. Unfortunately, I hate. Well, to, but thank you for joining us, Riley. That cue, that was a good. Go uh, ahead. No, I was just saying, cue the aw. <laughs> Sorry, oh. guys. <laughs> no, Riley, but but it was a good. Thank you for filling us in on D twenty three and no, what to absolutely. expect if we ever make it there. Next time, William, come. I tell you, by the way, I to, want. Uh, I know you called me up like a couple weeks before, and I was uh, like. Oh, Really want to go. I almost got. I almost convinced William to irresponsibly leave his work again and just <laughs> that. That would have been very funny. <laughs> Which it, it's good went. I didn't go because I had some big meetings that week. <laughs> I yeah, could not no, have William was a responsible exact, adult. Um, uh, had some exact presentations, <laughs> but um, you know. Uh, but I wish I could have been there with you and uh, waited in line on the cold concrete all night. Yeah, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Uh, I forgot just how much... Hey, listen, it's been since George Lucas and Celebration 5 that I've done that. So, And William was there for it. You remember. We, 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 we did those together. Yeah. That was, In oh, fact, that yeah. was the... Um, that was the long longest line I'd ever waited in. We went down at what is like three o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah, and that was the longest uh, until D twenty three. So wow. I don't say I didn't sacrifice for Pull you on guys. the Riley card. <laughs> well, oh, I will say this uh, quick note before uh, as a parting shot. Uh, I mean, a shamelessly uh, plug 
Uh, two things. If you guys would let, uh, if you guys would be so generous, of go ahead. Let's have no problem. With um, it. We've talked about so much of this stuff, and I went. I actually, like I say, I went armed and prepared with my podcasting gear and with uh, uh, full DSLR and cameras and all kinds of stuff. So if you go to facebook.com slash Star Wars Report, we've got a full album of photos from the Galaxy of Stories exhibit, from D23, some of the cosplay. You can check that out at our Facebook page for the Star Wars Report. Of course, we're so proud to have uh, you guys as part of the podcast network. Seriously, thanks for everything you guys do uh, on the network. Um, and then also... Uh, a, a crap ton of photos that I posted, including me with my neck pillow on the concrete, uh, are on my. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're on my Instagram, which is the Riley guy R I L E Y. So those are kinds of the. That, if you want D twenty three stuff, that's where you guys can find it. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Riley. Really appreciate you thank joining you, us. Riley. And absolutely, uh, we'll, we'll 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 have you back on to talk more Star Wars soon. You got it, guys. May the force right. be with you. Thanks. Same with you. Thank have you very night. much. So sadly, Riley uh, had to take off. Thanks for joining us again, Riley. But we're uh, we still have a lot to cover in this episode. Uh, I believe Riley has a bounty on him. Is that that's why he left or something? I, uh, I think it's close enough. Um, he he had to he had to go run and take care of something. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got got to got to make those credits. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know who won't be in the credits? Oh, now bum. wait a minute. This is this is going to be a very interesting thing because it does appear, and we're finally getting to this now, folks. The Han Solo movie has a brand new director because Phil Miller and Chris Lord were fired amidst creative differences. And this is the surprising thing about who took over. Would you like to take that, William? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, big news. This this actually broke before we released our last episode. But as we said, we actually recorded both of our Freemaker reviews back to back. Which fun uh, show, by the way. If you haven't seen it, check it because out. Because we knew that uh, a bunch of us would be gone for various reasons. As we said, Stephen is currently, uh, you know, enjoying the Corfilian comets. Um, uh, if you guys get the reference to that, thumbs up. Um, but um, so he, he can't join us, and so we we tried to do kind of we kind of pre-recorded some of our episodes. Uh, but what that meant is that we actually missed the major news. Yeah, we missed this big at one. the end of last month. Uh, so Phil Miller and Chris Lord were uh, the directors of the Untitled Han Solo movie were fired amidst creative differences, and two days later, Ron Howard was brought in to take over the reins. That is unbelievable. And, yeah, I mean, what what do you think of this, Tom? Because it, it was um, it was a surprise. It came out of nowhere, right? They were in the middle of filming. They only had what three or five weeks left. They were almost I think near they were, the end. They were close to being done. I think what what surprised me was you know the the supposedly they were supposedly getting off script from the original intent, and they were mm -hmm. they were having which I have no problem with improvisation. But they were really trying to press the actors to do a little bit more improv. And, you know, I personally don't see that as being part of a Star Wars story to be that kind of improv. And it depends on how much improving they were trying to get the actors to do. And Yeah, and I think there's a difference between, like, improv uh, – so so the, the big reason was was the improv, right? And there's a difference yeah. between improv imp – improvising um, a line here or there and having some fun and putting your own spin on it a bit – and starting to improv so much that you're actually creating entirely new scenes and action sequences that completely diverge from the script. Um, and when you have a script written by Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote yeah. The Empire Strikes Back, and his son, uh, uh, John Kasdan, when you have a script from the, like basically the guy who helped to 
partially define Han Solo, right? I mean, obviously, Han Solo is a new hope, but really, Empire Strikes Back is where he kind of came into his own and stuff. And um, uh, you've got Lawrence Kasdan there, right? The, the, you know, I love you, I know guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going off of his script and just going in a completely new direction uh, to the point where, you know, Lucasfilm was looking at the dailies coming from the set and thinking, this isn't the movie we signed up for. Yeah, you know? and, and I I have to say this. When it comes to this, I, I, I think some people that were out there were kind of jumping all over Kathleen Kennedy for kind of getting rid of these guys. Mm-hmm. Look, if she's produced many films... If this was like her first or second rodeo, I could see them, you know, jumping all over her. But if she's seeing something that's not working, and if if Lauren Lawrence Kasdan is seeing something that's not working, I think they have a right to step mm-hmm. in. And you know, guys, this is not working. There needs to be a change. How that's going to affect the final product now that Ron Ron Howard's in on that? He supposedly went in, looked at all the dailies and all the film that's already been shot how much of it is quote unquote salvageable and he can actually wrangle back in and how much is going to be, you know, reshoot. We all know the very famous thing when it came to Rogue One, there's a ton of reshoots. Anthony Bresnikin from EW has already said every film has reshoots every built film. into their schedule. It, it, every it's, film. It's not a yeah, it's major everything. thing. Yeah. What, what and I think and in this unique... case, I think in this case, there's going to be reshoots shot in, but uh-huh. I don't think it's going to be basically based on, it may be based on, may not be based on what happened between the original directors and Ron Howard getting in. So. Right. And, 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 you know, again, nothing against, uh, you know, uh, Lord and Miller. They are both, you know, fantastic directors, right? Yeah. Very well respected in the industry. Yep. Um, but in this case, they, they, I mean, and I know they even mentioned that <clears throat> in the press release that, you know, it's kind of a cliche to say, but it really was creative differences here. They, they brought on uh, the directors to do one thing. And then, yes, they're more comedians, but I think, so, some 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 reports also said that it was an issue with comedy as well. They were going, mm-hmm. they were doing too much comedy instead of just adding a comedic touch. I, I don't know how much there is to that versus the improv thing, which everyone seems to agree was was a major major part of the the issue. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, in, in this case, they, they had they had one idea for the film, and unfortunately, um, uh, you know, Lucasfilm had a very different idea, and yeah. they thought they were they were aligned when they were um, brought on. And as it, you know, as time went on, it became very clear that they were not aligned. And that's why Kathleen Kennedy decided to, to make a change. Now, <clears throat> I get it, right? Some people will say, well, you know, we should have new, fresh, interesting stories. I agree. We should have new, interesting stories. Not with this material. Not right. with Han Solo. You right. don't and mess th- with Han Solo. You create a new character where you can do something entirely new mm-hmm. uh, in the galaxy. That's totally fine. But I don't think you can't like. And again, we don't know how much of it was it was comedy necessarily. But you don't take Han Solo and make him a comedian. He has. No. There are some aspects of them that of him that are funny. That is for sure. But he is not like you know a slapstick comedian. Um, and you know, so you don't really improvise all that much when you have such a great script. Supposedly, uh, you know, is really to believe from Lawrence Kasdan uh, and, and and John his son John. Um, you know, you don't you don't deviate it. You don't deviate all that much. Um, and so I, I think it makes sense for Kathleen Kennedy to assert control and say no. You know, yes, the director should be allowed to have uh, creative freedom, but 
well, they were hired to go do a specific thing and, and, and bring their talents to this production, but they were hired for a specific purpose and they weren't, uh, they weren't, they had, they thought they had, they thought they were there for a different reason. And, it just yeah, didn't and, mesh. and when it comes to, when it comes to Han, it is true. He's not a comedian, but there is a swagger to him that maybe they were just not getting, you know, maybe they thought that, that I'm, I'm not trying to place myself, but you know, there is, there is something about Han Solo that is Han Solo. If you are too far away from it, then that's not Han Solo anymore. And yep. like you said, William, the main thing is that should be a brand new character. And changing directors mid-filming, it's not unusual. Doing it this late in the game because they are very, they were very close to being done. I guess that the announcement was on June 20th and mm-hmm. filming resumed again on July 10th. Well, that, that um, was after the delay. But I think when they, okay. when they made the announcement, there was maybe three or five weeks left in the filming. They've been filming since February. Yeah. Right? That's a long time. Between February yeah. and June, uh, they were filming. And then they decided at the very end, you know, um, we're still not happy with this. It's been getting worse, not better. And that's when they brought in Ron Howard to And the funny uh, thing is, to do it. they gave them enough time to correct course. Yeah. So you can't sit there and say, you know, in, in my opinion, you cannot sit there and look at Lucas and say, you know, you pulled the trigger too soon. If they were that close to being done, they gave them enough time to look. You know, if you're looking at dailies, giving notes and saying, can you correct this, correct this? And if it's not being done, they have a right to protect the property. No, they have a right to protect the character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they were not getting what they wanted. Okay. And, you know, I actually, when it comes to Ron Howard, I'm following him on Instagram. It's pretty funny because he has posted some teasing things. But the one that I found recently that he just posted, he posted him getting out of the director's chair and these guys with a little, little blaster shooting him and he's got like little effects of being shot coming off. And he's like doing this fake death scene. So he's having <laughs> fun with this. So they I, are. I, yeah, I I have no problem with this. You know, we'll see how the end product comes out. But I'm going to trust Lucas. I'm going to trust Kathleen Kennedy, Kasdan, Ron Howard. We're going to get the best film out of this when it comes to Han Solo. Yeah, I I, I have complete faith in yeah. in what that team is is able to accomplish. And you know, and Rod Howard is a is a veteran um, a filmmaker. Right? Yeah. He he's been around in the industry for a long time. He's made some very famous Apollo movies. Apollo thirteen. Yep. And um, and, and so, others, but it... and, and many others. Yeah, yeah. many others. Uh, and there were lots of Star Wars, uh, lots of jokes as, as well when he was announced. Uh, whether you're talking about you know uh, Andy Griffith or Rested Development or whatever, but yeah. he's a he's a great he's a great person to bring in. And uh, he was, I guess, um, I didn't know this. He was originally approached by Lucas to direct the Phantom Menace, and he turned him down back in the day. So he's a good person to bring in, and the film is on track still for May of next year. So there's no reason to worry. Um, no. And it just, it's just, math, you know, big. It's big news, and it's very unusual this type of thing happens this late in the game. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it it will all work out in the end. I there's total faith in this system. It appears they've done the right thing. We'll see how Han, the Han Solo film comes out. Yeah. So, so. man, I, I can't wait. But in the meantime, you know, we have another film to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, don't we have like episode eight coming soon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've got The Last Jedi, which we just talked about. And we didn't go as much into the behind the scenes video from no. D23, but definitely check it out. Really good yep. stuff. And, and you know, you, we, I think the, the recurring theme of this video was that, you know, the story is unexpected, but right. 
And, you know, that's what Daisy Ridley said. And, and, and Mark Hamill said that even though he thinks he knows everything, uh, they throw, uh, he thinks they know everything they could, they could do story-wise. Uh, and yet what the film is, is something he could have never imagined. Um, and, and it's, that's kind of the recurring theme and it feels like mm-hmm. family and it's a great video with oh, all the, all the shots of the different locations and characters and creatures is so and, fantastic. And Carrie Fisher. You have to throw that in there. And there Carrie is some Carrie Fisher, Fisher shots. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So uh really good video. We won't, we won't go in depth on no. on this right now, but it's go it's, look it up. It's it's it's, really it's worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um we do have some uh San Diego Comic Con though kind of continued the story from D twenty three and gave us an in-depth look at a lot of the books that are going to be coming out. And that's um, a ton of books coming out. Oh, oh man. Okay, so so I I'm, I'm curious what's what's your favorite book on the well, list that they've announced? Right now, I'm looking forward to Inferno Squad. That's the one uh, that yes. I want to okay. read. Um I mean, I think a lot of these again are getting back to like the kid books that are coming out. Um you know, the there are some of those. The, like, yeah, th- there's yeah. some. I mean, there, there's going to be naturally there's going to be a novelization of episode eight when that comes out. Um, Princess of Alderaan might be interesting. Uh, Phasma, Phasma is the one I'm looking forward to. And do you have on the list the list of the Thrawn graphic novel is yes. coming out? Yes. That well, well so that I, I want I'm to not, get. Uh, okay, so I'm actually going dis- to. I you're going to disagree with that one, and, and okay. you could totally be excited about it, right? Oh, I no, think all ahead. these are interesting in some level. Yeah. Lately, I've gotten less into the comics because I realized that, I don't know, I've never been a big comics guy in general. And the Thrawn mm. comic is just a retelling of Zahn's novel. Um, so, but, but again, it's, it's, oh God, it's Thrawn. I mean, it's not just, it's not just the picture on the cover of a book or, uh, yeah, I you know, it's, that. and I don't go out and pick up a bunch of graphic novels. I like to read, I like to read the actual novel. In mm-hmm. this one, I might pick up because you're seeing, Thrawn. Okay. Yes, it's a retelling of the story, but you get to see the action that's going on along with it. Although I do agree the reason why I like a book is because I like to set up the own scenes in my head. But when yeah. it comes to the graphic novel, it's great to see them, you know, visually in your head as you're reading it. But now you're going to get somebody's interpretation of that battle. So it's going to be interesting to see that interpretation of the Thrawn novel in a graphic novel. That's, that's true. Yeah, because it's more visual, and yeah. So I, I think that'll be that'll be interesting. Again, not not bad. Just um, I'm not as excited for it as some of the other stories. Or we got some other comic news as well, including a Mace Windu comic. Yep. What I'm really excited for though is the new book that they just announced, uh, Canto Bite. I saw uh, that by Saladin Ahmed, Ray Carson, Mira Grant, and John Jackson Miller, and this is going to be four short stories focused on creatures from the casino world of Canto Bite, uh, as seen in the Last Jedi. Uh, and it's going to be very similar to the Tales of the Moss Eisley Cantina uh, book, uh, mm-hmm. which just sounds really cool. And this is going to be out December 5th. And Canto Bite, I, I, I love the shots we got of Canto Bite in the behind-the-scenes video. It looked mm. so fascinating. That whole uh, aspect of it, the casino within the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it is. It, that whole thing is going to be interesting for me when it comes to this this episode eight is how that casino is going to play into this because it is very James Bondish, but it's something that within the Star Wars universe, I could see it play off in a book form. It's going to be interesting. Like, um, uh, what was the Han Solo movie that was based on um, Ocean's Twelve, oh, Ocean's Eleven? What was oh, that one? Um, Scoundrel. Uh, Scoundrels. Uh, yes, yes. uh, Scoundrels. Um, I could see it playing off well in novel form like it did there. Mm-hmm. How it's going to me 
be pulled off on screen within the Star Wars universe. I'm not saying I'm I'm reserving judgment on it. I'm just going to find this very interesting. This yeah. reading the book, if it comes out before the movie, may help me put that two and two together within the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. But I find that whole thing very interesting. I really I do, do too. And 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 this isn't the only book that's like a, a compilation of short stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Legends of Luke Skywalker by Ken Liu. Uh, also, we so we, we we they announced this book previously, but now we actually know what what it is, right? And when they, when they when they first unveiled it uh, at Celebration, the Legends of Luke Skywalker. Okay, sounds like maybe a a book about Luke, young Luke, maybe right during the OT or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was, had the Journey of the Force Awakens branding, so you'd think it would be um more tied to the Force Awakens. But that's the kind of books Luke books we've gotten in the past. No, this book is. Uh, and it's, I think it's a little bit, it's more, uh, I think it's more young adult, uh, ish. So it's going to be like, um, um lost stars. Uh, yeah, exactly. But what I think that the neat, the neat, uh, what's cool that this book does is it actually tells six short stories about Luke's time between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. And it's basically a, bu- it's basically a bunch of characters retelling stories that they'd heard about Luke. So they may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. Things like, you know, was Luke at the birth of um of Ben uh Solo? Um, you know, what what, what was he doing? Uh you know, uh, you know they, there's all these stories like, "Oh, I heard this story about Luke." And so the cool thing is they can they can um if if something doesn't con- you know, not quite canon, they can kind of skirt around that because mm-hmm. it was a retelling of someone else. So right. not everything is 100% true, but it gives us a bit more of an idea of what was going on for Luke. And the one that I find interesting out of all the stories is, you know, this this mole flea. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. that's okay, this is going to be interesting. A mole flea on Luke's shoulder during the Rancor fight in Jabba's palace called Lugubrious Moat, by okay. the way. Uh, that that just for that alone, I'm gonna get the book. I want to hear <laughs> because how often do you have a mole flea telling you a story? No, and he and he supposedly he so he supposedly he was on Luke's shoulder the entire time during Jabba's palace, including the Rancor fight, and he basically retells his whole fight you know as if he was there. Now, was he actually there? We Who don't knows? know. Is he part but, of the rebellion? We don't know. Yeah. But he but it will still tie into the Last Jedi, even though this part is set during you know Return of the Jedi. Um, and so I think this is. This sounds, this sounds like a fascinating awesome book. Yeah, yeah. This this, this really... to me sounds very fascinating out of all of them. Yeah, uh, another one is Leia, Princess of Alderaan. So this is another younger reader, uh, not younger reader, but young adult book, um, and it's set on the eve of Leia's sixteenth birthday, when she finally starts to, uh, you know, realize there's more going going on in the galaxy, and she defies her parents and joins the rebellion. Well, this uh, is the interesting thing because if she's defying her parents to join the rebellion. Um, her father's already part of the rebellion. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, I can imagine like she probably knows what's going on potentially, or oh, like hears okay. whispers of it. But she's like, and her but her father's like, no, I'm in this. You're not. I'm protecting. Oh, I got you. it. And she's like, heck no, I want to join this thing. Okay. Uh, and so that's gonna be written by Claudia Gray, who wrote Lost Stars. Yeah. Um, and Bloodline. So, uh, I'm, I'm that's gonna be a, an awesome book. Now, this is the other one that I'm looking forward to, is the uh, Phasma book. Oh, yes. By Delilah the Phasma book. Yes. Um, it's going to basically show <laughs> Phasma is very ruthless and cunning and explains why she ends up being the captain of the first in the First Order. Yeah, this I, – I, I want to know where this character came from. I, yeah. I know I've mentioned – I know I've mentioned before when it comes to backstories of characters, 
I, I kind of don't care. I think I had the issue when it came to Boba Fett. Do I really want to know his backstory? And that was years and years and years ago. Um, it's been done. But when it comes to this character, Phasma, she is supposed to be a major character in these next three movies or these next mm-hmm. two. I don't know what's happening in the third. So I want to know her backstory because now when it comes to this next movie, I think she's going to be more of a player. So I would like to know what's going on with her. And I want to know her backstory. And this is the perfect book for me. I agree. I yeah. agree. It's going to be awesome. We also get a comic uh, called Phasma um, telling the story of, of how she escaped the recycle bin on Starkiller Base. Yeah, as that well. I'd like to know. That was previously announced, but yeah. uh, they did reiterate that that's coming as part of these Journey to the Last Jedi. Um, <clears throat> of course, there's a bunch of other books as well. Jason Fry is writing the novelization for The Last Jedi. Congratulations, Jason. That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, yeah, good friend of the show. He's done a lot of stuff. This is his first time actually writing like a big novel. Uh, he's done some of the the smaller books as well as like, you know, the novelization for the film, which is amazing. Yeah. That's Uh, pretty cool. The uh, Michael Kogue will be doing the junior novelization. Uh, Dan Wallace will be, uh, releasing the rebel files, like the Jedi path. Like that was previously announced, but it's it's good to see this here as well. Um, okay. You're going to have your standard. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Finish your oh, thought. You're, you're going to have your one... standard books like uh, The Art of the Last Jedi, The the Visual Dictionary, The Incredible Cross-Sections, uh, and a lot more. But we also mm. get some, uh, again, some, these are more, I think, these are, I think these skew a little bit younger than young adult. Mm. Um, but are some, you going to some... get to the Chewie and the Porgs? Yeah, so, t- so yeah. tell us about Chewie and the Porgs. Tom. Okay, so Chewie and the Porgs, I, I, I'm only bringing this up because I, these Porgs have just blown up the internet. If you haven't seen these little, these little guys that look like little, what would you call them? Like smaller penguin type? They're walrus? basically puffins. Okay, They're puffins, Star Wars thank puffins. You. Yeah. So, and this book, Chewie and the Porgs, uh, it's from Emmy Award winning writer uh, Kevin Shinnick. Shin- Sh- sorry if I pronounce your name wrong. I am so sorry. Uh, comes a lovable tale of Chewie and the Wookiees and the pesky porgs of Octu Island, featuring a Featuring adorable illustrations by artist Fiona. Well, okay, put it this way: just go Google. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, just go Google Chewie and the Porgs, and you'll get the idea of what this thing is going to be about. I imagine this is going to be for very young readers uh-huh. because so it's like, probably it's be a the, very cute book. Yeah, it's going to be cute because, like I said, I think when uh, the the Last Jedi comes out, these Porgs, if they're in the movie, they're going to explode. And you're going to see them everywhere. They're basically I, the new Ewoks. Yes. Uh, the, the, they're, the, they're the galaxy's latest, uh, the new cutest creature in the galaxy. Yep. Now, the um, question for this respect is, do they go yub, yub-nub? Do they, you know, play uh, drumsticks on Stormtrooper helmets I like the Ewoks? Are they cannibals? Because remember, the Ewoks almost ate Han Solo and Chewie. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we, we've, been hearing, we've been hearing rumors of these porgs for a long time. Uh, you know, they live on Octu and they can fly. They build, they build nests. Uh, there's actually a whole uh, interview with Pablo Hidalgo about Porgs. Basically, ever since the, the behind the scenes video released and that you could see the Porgs in it, people have been talking about these things. Yeah, it uh, blew up the internet. Art, fan art about it. It's been, yeah, it really did blow up the yeah. um, uh, the internet. And actually, it, the, they're a mix of puppets and uh, CG. Um, so depending on the situation. It's going to be interesting. But that's going to be good. Uh, there's also The Last Jedi Cobalt Squadron, written by Elizabeth Wayne. Um, and uh, it's it, it basically tells you the the 
courageous the hero, the harrowing story of the courageous bomber pilots and technicians of Cobalt Squadron. Now, is this going to be a young reader? Or is this gonna another be just, another young another reader, young reader? Yeah. Okay. And then the last young reader, uh, actually two more young readers. Uh, the Last Jedi, Rose and Finn's Mission by Ella Patrick. Finn and Rose rally for the resistance in this film tie-in book. And then Forces of Destiny, Tales of Hope and Courage, as told by Maz Kanata. Uh, now, so even though they're young... Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say, even though these are young readers, you can still read them because I've, oh, I've totally. read... Uh, yeah, they're still good books the ahsoka book is outstanding i gave it to i had a second copy and i gave it to a friend of mine because it's like here read this book and mm-hmm. then lost stars is still a very good book oh well so i think there's the three different classes of books right there's the there's the young readers which is more like what um uh you know uh cobalt squadron or chewing the porgs is um oh. or actually i would say there's even maybe four categories there's like the really young readers yeah the really and young readers, there's like I think the, it... the small the small chapter books um more along the lines of um, like what oh. uh, you know, Jason did the uh, the junior novels. Thank you. That's, there what, you I was, go. that's what I was looking for. Uh, I get them the junior up. novels, um, like Jason Fry was doing for uh, tying into um, Star Wars Rebels, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's the 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 young adult books like um, uh, like Lost Stars, which are fan and Ahsoka, which are fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, there's Del Rey's, yeah. you know, uh, novels as well. And all of them are are, are excellent in their own yeah. way. I, I read them all and, and really enjoy them. And, and uh, I'm I'm new to the whole format when it comes to the young readers, the young adult, and all the other stuff. So they're still good books. Read them. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, but speaking of Forces of Destiny, um, while we were gone, the first eight episodes dropped. Uh, and we will be, we'll be coming in with our review uh hopefully in a couple of weeks, couple of weeks. um yeah we want to want to discuss all these really get into detail but tom what did you think of the the first eight episodes at a, at a high level well let me put it to you this way i think i've only seen two. Oh, you need to go back and okay you need, okay. To, you need to go watch okay. them yeah you know, i'm these, sorry these are, I, i've i've only sorry i've been very bad i've been very busy I've no been no like worry. crazy yeah i know and i know they're short so i could probably binge watch these a lot easier than a show on netflix um but i i can i've only seen two i've only seen sands of jakku and the uh bb8 bandits oh okay uh that's those are the only two i've seen so the the animation style is interesting yeah um oh wait a minute i did see the ahsoka one I did see the Padawan Path one. Okay. Yes, I saw that one. Um, the animation style to me is very interesting. I'm, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's definitely not the 2D series that we've had before. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I appreciate they're using the actual voice actors. I it reminds totally me a lot that, of the Gendi cool. Tartakovsky series. That's what I was getting at because I, I have a problem saying Gendi Tartakovsky. I want to say Tchaikovsky, and I know it's not Tchaikovsky. So yeah, but it it does remind me of that, William. But the, but the thing is, um, I like the animation of that one a little bit better. I like okay. the style of that one a little bit better. And and I think, and I know we're not we're going to talk about. I know we're talking about this, but I think what what draws me out of it is, I've seen the dolls for this, and uh, the the action figures that have come out from Hasbro, and the one of Padme from her uh, episode two outfit where she came out of the Nebu fighter. Mm-hmm. I look at that face and it just, to me says Thunderbirds. Hmm. 
And when I look at the animated series, it's it's like I'm I will watch them. I mean, I know we have to review them, so I'm going to watch them. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, and I really appreciate they're putting the time and effort of actually getting the voice actors into this instead of using other actors. Yeah, and I I enjoyed this series uh, a lot. I think um, I think its biggest shortcoming actually is that they're so short um that they they really don't yeah. have time to to go in and tell a, a deep story uh whereas i i think there's a lot of potential here i, I wish these were these were you know more like 22 minute episodes instead of two to three um but the the stories themselves are really you know i think how much of an impact these have on the galaxy you know it, it depends on or not necessarily like a big impact on the galaxy even it's just more uh, how interesting these are to you, I think, depends is based largely on how much because it's somewhat hampered by the, the amount of time. Let me, let me let me put it this way: I don't, without okay. spoiling anything, in, in Ewok Escape, it actually tells not only does it tell a story about Leia and the Ewoks, but it actually gives us a bit more behind the scenes information on how things came to be mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi, right? Or Beasts of Echo Base as well. Uh, you get a bit more information behind that. Sometimes it's you know, giving us a, a character moment and, and uh, you know, more insight into who the character is. Sometimes it's uh, telling us like how something happened in one of the films. I tend mm-hmm. to prefer the latter in this case, only because these shorts are, are so short that you don't can't get quite as much into the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're bringing in all of our favorite uh, characters from uh, from from Star Wars and. Uh, you know, from the the cartoons and the films and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a really good series. And I and, I can't wait to see where they take the rest of them. I just I wish they were longer. And and I I think you hit on probably the the main thing was they're they're rounding out the character. They're, they're rounding out the story a little bit more and just giving you that that little snippet to you know to to explain something. It's not. It's not an earth-shattering thing that's going to happen, but it's at least rounding out that character where it's it's making a fuller, more real character from exactly. what these appear to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's always no. been the thing about you know the Wampa in Echo Base. It's always been a thing. Well, now now you know figure it out. Yeah, right. So exactly. so I don't want to spoil them too much. We'll go into detail in our review, uh, yep. so stay tuned. Uh, but I'm I'm excited about about that. <clears throat> well, you know, since we're talking so, about animation, we can actually back up a bit because didn't uh, Star Wars Rebel get some Emmy nominations and the Star Wars yes, show? Yes, Star and, Wars Rebels. And, and I think there's one you've left out because I also believe the Freemaker Adventures got an Emmy nod. That was back in March. The oh. Freemaker Adventures got an Emmy nod in March, but the okay. the Emmy nominations that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're for Rebels and the Star Wars show. So congratulations uh, to both of them. Uh, I believe, uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars show got like a best um, uh, basically web web series variety That's show. That's very thing. cool. I, I don't have the exact titles in front of me, uh, the exact nominations. And I believe Rebels was nominated for uh, best children's animation animated show. And um, I, I hate to say this, it's not a children's show. I know. I'm sorry. Well, that, that's so. This is that's the part that um really drove me crazy because it's it's not a children's show, but it's no. classified under yeah children's show. Which yeah, <sighs> uh, I don't. Oh, I, well. I I don't think I, mean, 
I, I don't think when it comes to Emmys, I don't know if they have a separate category of like, because because like that's a good question. Where does Family Guy and The Simpsons fall in in I don't know. Hey, you know what? That all that stuff is above my head. I have no idea. I ain't part of Hollywood, so yeah. however they work the thing out, that's how they yeah. work it out. But uh, so, but but Rebels got um, the, a nomination again. It hasn't won yet, but it got, received a nomination for uh, a best children's program. Uh, and then the Star Wars show received a nomination for Outstanding Short Form Variety Series. So uh, congratulations to congratulations to both to both, and hopefully you guys win because uh, you guys deserve it. Um, okay, and then one last thing: Dave Filoni shared some interesting uh, behind the scenes information about uh, about Kanan and Ahsoka. He, this he, is pretty cool. Yeah, he said, if you've ever wondered if Kanan and Ahsoka knew each other or had they met while they were young as the temple, the answer is yes, they had met, though they did not know each other well. They had at least done some saber training together. Years later, when she, made, uh, when she met Kanan, Ahsoka needed to see how prepared he was for the conflict ahead. Here's a small piece of that scene and perhaps a realization that in many ways, Ahsoka was a mentor to Kanan. Ooh, hey, do you want to huh. try and you want to you want to try to act this out because it's let's, actual dialogue? Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, um, rock paper scissors. Who wants to do what? Just kidding. Uh, um, uh, I'll I'll be Ahsoka. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll try this. Okay, so this is Ahsoka's line. Even at a young age, you are gifted with a lightsaber, but without training and discipline, those skills fade. So it seems. Cannon gets up again. He's a bit dispirited. I haven't had to fight with my lightsaber very often. For a while, I chose not to. I was... Kanan struggles with the moment. Ahsoka helps. You're afraid to use it. I understand. Kanan Kanan appreciates her words. I've been teaching Ezra the best I can. I want him to be the Jedi I'm not. That I couldn't be. And I want you to be the Jedi that you are. Oh, there we go hey congratulations go. william i think we got ourselves an acting gig <laughs> uh i i you know i i think uh ashley Eckstein and freddie prince jr have nothing to worry about oh no uh, god no 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 i look i don't want their jobs i re- well no um ashley Eckstein, please if you if you hear this i am so sorry <laughs> um but yeah no that's that's really cool and i, I love that dave floney has been giving us these little tidbits uh, of information about the characters uh, while the nice show he, is is on hiatus. But the nice thing is, in this respect, we're getting these little tidbits now before the actual season four comes and closes out the show. Yeah. To where we're not getting this at the end. Now, it's nice that we know that season four is going to be its last, so we know that we're not going to be getting... We don't know. There's a possibility we could be getting stuff after, like we've been getting with Clone Wars, but at least with this way, they're able to end the show the way they want to. And in this way, Dave is able to Dave is able to get out there now before the ending. Here are some snippets for you to know going into season four. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it works. So anyway, uh yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait so for season I. four. Um, but you know what? More Thrawn. I think we've exhausted all of the uh, the major announcements, and boy, was there a lot. And... The big thing for me is still, I'm telling you, I want to go live at Galaxy's Edge. I don't know what huh. I need to do to work at that hotel. I will. Well, I won't quit my job. I actually like my job. <laughs> I would move to Florida though. How can I take my job with me to Florida? I don't know. You what? 
if uh, if and when uh, Galaxy's Edge launches, let's go together. We'll, we'll, you, you know me what? And Steven will go. We'll stay in that, and we'll stay in the Star Wars hotel. We will do the whole experience. And I am saving. I'm saving my money right now for celebration. Whenever it starts, if I need to throw money on top of it to save for the three of us to go to that hotel, let's do it. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, let's I'll do, do it. it. It'll be. I'll great. do it. It'll I think we great. should do it. I know oh. my family will want to come. Eric, Eric will be right on my heel saying, if you go without me, you're in big trouble. <laughs> That's okay. There's room for everyone, right? There's room for everyone in this hotel. There's room for everyone. So, But you can well, never leave. Just oh, kidding. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better end this. We'll, we'll be like, yeah, we'll be, we'll, we'll be like the, uh, uh, um, you know, the characters in Westworld's living there forever uh, and ever and ever and ever. I would. Uh, and with that, I think we're, uh, I think we're done, but we'll be we're back done. soon. Well, with our reviews of Force of Destiny and Battlefront Inferno Squad, which drops tomorrow oh, as so you're listening forward. to this, uh, or it might be already out, depending on how quickly you listen to our episodes. But uh, it's going to be a great, uh, a great book. Um, it's been I'm really enjoying it, and uh, yeah, just cannot wait to talk about it soon. We'll give everyone a little chance to read it. So, but don't worry, our review's right. coming. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.